Roadshow, episode number 318. My name is John Morgan, and Cold Coffee is with me at the absolutely gorgeous Casa de Cold Coffee <sighs> on a, 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 a just a, I mean, what do you say? It's just a beautiful Thursday afternoon in Las Vegas. What I always say, April and October is when you got to come to Las Vegas, and it's one of those beautiful April Thursday afternoons today as we Take a look out over the expansive grounds. Not a yes. cloud in the sky. Look, look far over the distance yonder. <laughs> look at all the loveliness. Oh, no, it's just there's the wall right there. Oh, yeah, that's the concrete <laughs> wall right there. Never mind. <laughs> look beyond that. Beyond that, the hills and the mountains. Past my neighbor's house right there and the other <laughs> concrete wall. Are they smoking weed over there? They probably are. If you open up my back window, I'm sure. It, all I smell from them is either the grill, which I love, but... Mm. It, but uh, because uh, they also uh, they do charcoal, and like when you get past that charcoal smell at the beginning, I love how barbecue smells oh, when they're yeah, when yeah. you're cooking some meat or something in this charcoal. But that whole phase, sometimes when you, I'll, I can tell when they go heavy on like the charcoal, uh, what do you call it, lighter fluid. <laughs> and part of me is wants to be like, bruh, 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 come on, just get something self-starting, or just use a, a you know a charcoal smells starter, like some rocket fuel, or yeah, something. And I have to shut the windows. And the only other time I ever have to shut my windows is when they're out there fucking chiefing like. Like crazy, like I literally feel like I get a contact high in here because it just well, immediately mean, smells. That's, well, that's I know. a good neighbor, right? Well, it, 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 if you, you expect it, you know. I, last Probably thing I want to do even is ask you to put five on it or yeah. nothing. It just, well, it's, it's funny, mom could come. Maybe my mom comes visit. She's like, ah, what is that smell? But it's not me, mom. Trust me, it's <laughs> not me. I just had the windows open. I had the windows open. Um, Isn't that great? No matter how old you get, it's like it's not me, mom. I, know, I and, promise. And I'm sure my mom's just like she knows I've done whatever, but it would still be like awkward knowing if my mom rolled up in my house and it smelled like weed, I'd still be a little embarrassed. I mean, I'm in my 40s. I'd still would be embarrassed <laughs> if mom rolled in the house and it smelled like weed. My mom grew a weed plant. She, got, she? she bought a whole just, just one. I think just one. <laughs> I, you know what? I haven't checked in with her about it. She she bought like a like a green. Like, there's a greenhouse. If it's made out of glass, it's still called a greenhouse, right? Mm -hmm. It's not called a glass house, right? That's weird. Yeah. She bought like a greenhouse and put it in her backyard. And she was like, "Hey, what do you think about this?" I'm like, "Looks like something I'd never use," you know. And she's like, and then she took some pictures and stuff. And she's like, "What do you think of it?" And I'm like, "Looks like a greenhouse. I don't. What do you want yeah. me to think of it?" But in it, there was like a one marijuana plant there that she wanted me to pick up on. But I, I mean, uh, love you, mom. But I wasn't paying attention. Where to did the she pictures get? Where did she get close. the? Did she get a clone or she got a seed? I think she got a seed from somebody and decided to, to grow a little. That's bit. so yeah. funny. But then you got to then you got to grill them. Like, all right, mom, what what, what kind of is it? What do we, what do we got going here? What kind of strain? What, is it a good seed or are you just picking? She's up like, some well, I was watching ass. that Triller Fight Club and I got me some purple Urkel and, and uh, <laughs> oh, that purple Urkel sounds good though. <laughs> Uh, you know what? Listen, you were talking about You took about us grilling. down a weird we, spot. We, yeah. Weird spot. And that's why you, we're your favorite MMA show, because we're talking <laughs> about MMA all day. We but don't talk about anything. We don't we're talk all... about barbecue. We don't talk about weed. We don't talk about using too much charcoal fluid. <laughs> on your... <laughs> I will say, as you were talking about a grill, I want to say, I don't think I've done enough uh, service to suggest that if anybody's in the market of thinking about buying a pellet grill, buy uh -huh. it. The best. The best. My, my they dad, have different variants. My dad bought it for me as, a, as a gift. Yeah, it's a Pit Boss. Um, you know, which I think Traeger's like the high end, but it got, it got a Pit Boss. Kind of a nice entry-level one. Uh, I will say, though, the entry-level one, uh, you know, but make sure if you get it, you get the, the temperature probe on there where you can actually 
plug it in so you got a, mm-hmm. you got a digital readout of the temperature so you can you can pull off the meat at exactly the same time i'm telling you right now if you've ever if you're thinking about it, if you're on the fence thinking you know it's springtime right you're trying to get ready for summer you're trying to think what what should i do on my patio what can i do around the house if you're in the market or considering buying a pellet grill i will tell you 100% do it it just makes everything so much easier man regulating the temperature and getting the smoke just right getting the temperature just right it's money. It's I'm money. getting hungry. I know. I love me. I love me some grill. I'm trying to figure out the kind of grill. I just hit up my sister because when I was down there, they. It, I don't think theirs was a Traeger, but they had another really just uh, incredible grill that. Uh, it was the same sort of deal where it had like the temperature off to the side and like uh, had dual features, all this other crazy crap, whatever. But uh, man, I tell you, I could literally watch people barbecue Aww. all day long. How weird is that? Like, well, like, it's not that weird because <laughs> I ate barbecue like every every day in Jacksonville. Yes, we did. Literally every single day but in Jacksonville. With reason. With reason. Uh, credit to Jacksonville. I would never think that Jacksonville, Florida, would be a place I would think that incredible barbecue lived. I mean, Texas, it's a given. You know, yeah. Kansas City, some of the major places we always kind yeah, of yeah. think. Even here in Vegas, we got some good barbecue. But that barbecue. Bearded uh, pig. Bearded pig. The bearded, bearded pig. If you're pig, ever in Jacksonville. Holy hit shit. up the bearded pig. I will sign off on that. We got so lucky because we had, I mean, that that our setup in Jacksonville was custom made for us, man. Like our hotel, we were at the Homewood Suites. Not, you know, not a fancy hotel by any stretch of the imagination, but the host hotel was sold out. We couldn't get into the the nicer hotels, and really, honestly, it was actually hard to get a hotel room uh, in Jacksonville because you know everything was sold out. But we got the Homewood Suites. And and literally right across the street from us, as I pulled into the hotel, the Uber driver was like, "Hey, that right there, best barbecue in Jacksonville, bearded pig." I was like, "I'll go." Yeah. And I ended up going literally every single day. So the bearded pig was right sometimes there. people just throw that out. Right. There. Some people say that way too often. They oh, say yeah. if they say it's the oh, it's the best in town. If your town has shitty barbecue. The that shitty place could still be the best that doesn't mean barbecue. Much. But I was willing to take a risk considering all we had to do was literally walk across the street. Like, I didn't yeah. have to take a 15-minute Uber He didn't or anything. know you were a Texas boy at that point. Well, he, no, he just he's like, do you like barbecue? I'm like, born and raised in Texas. What do you think? Of course I love me some mm-hmm. barbecue. And, uh, yeah, Bearded Pig is where it's at. So right across from us was a barbecue restaurant, which I ended up eating at every single day. Uh, and then right next to that. A couple times a day on some, <laughs> on some days. And then right next to that was uh, – Locals. It was just called Locals, I believe. Yeah. Just a, yeah. a, a dive bar. Just a, a hole in the wall Had a great like, Midwest feel, just like low lights. Obviously because of the whole COVID thing, there wasn't a lot of seating. So there was like um, – what's that golf game? Golden, Golden Tee. Tea. Golden Tee game. There was a dart. Were they taking COVID protocols in there? No, no, no. Just in the fact that there wasn't like uh, oh, you didn't have tables. A bunch of tables. There wasn't and stuff. tables yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. I think at some point they probably pulled the tables, but maybe this place didn't really have it because they had pool tables. They had darts. They had Golden Tee, um, and then they had beer. They didn't have beer on tap. It was all cans right. and liquor. Right. So straight to the get go. Um, Two dollars and twenty five cents for a PBR pound. Oh my lord! Mm. It was oh man. I could t- well, the first day was a shit show because I was like, do you have PBR pounder, sir? He's like, well, we have the 16-ounce. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's the pounder. And then uh, and then he was like, but we also got that uh, the coffee drink. You like the coffee? I was like, sir. I was like, I didn't even get, I didn't even go into the whole nickname thing. I, was I like, am cold coffee. I was of like, course I, I like do the coffee like coffee drink. And he was like, well, we have this uh, – we have the, the uh, PBR whiskey or we have uh, the PBR, whatever you call it, hard coffee. And I was like – He's like, I like to mix it with uh, the peanut butter whiskey. And I said, 
oh, peanut butter whiskey with that coffee because I said, I was telling him, I was like, it's kind of sweet. I can't really use it. And he's like, I can't have too much of it. He's like, well, you should try it with this peanut butter whiskey. And I said, all right, well, go on then. Give us give us one. Let's give it a try. This, by the way, was before I made it to town. I was being a good boy. I was you taking were. my son out on a tour of, of Allegiant Stadium. And, and uh, yes. I came in the day after you guys. This was while we say, were self-quarantining. At the yes, hotel. you guys were. <laughs> <laughs> you guys simultaneously in parallel universes <laughs> uh, like somehow it worked out. Yeah, I, I'll just, I mean, I think we alluded to it a little bit last week, but now that we're a week in the rearview mirror, let's just put it out there. You guys were a mess. I showed up into town we got the following day, and I'm like, up. what happened last night? Yeah. I am so glad I was not here last night because you guys were a mess. It was probably the drunkest I had been in a long time. And we didn't even go in. Obviously, I think that, you know, we had the best of intentions. It wasn't like we were, let's go hard. We were like, in fact, I think we actually said, let's not go hard. Let's just have a drink or two and just get back into the room. You know, part of it was just being on the ground. There's, I mean, that was part of one of the best parts, parts of being on the road, seeing your colleagues is actually, you work all day, work, 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 and then you're able to just talk shop and you're able to just to break that and just kick it. And we haven't been able to do that We forever. haven't done that forever. Outside of seeing like Oscar here in Vegas and seeing the other people, even here though, it's like a lot of us live here, but we never actually hang out in Vegas. You right. know, most of us are just happy to be home. So when we were there and the fact that there was this cool little bar that just looked and screamed itself that it was everything that we like and love yeah. about bars, I was like, we have to just go in there. Let's just go over there for one. You know, let's just go have one, two, oh. and then call it, oh. call it a day. Oh. And then uh, Baby's last word. the PBR whiskey drink, the, the peanut butter whiskey shot, whatever drink, uh, was like top of the bill. Were you actually like, mixing it together or just Yeah, he mixed it? it together. Oh, wow. So uh, we each got the pounders, and then that we that's what started the conversation about the whole hard coffee. And then he's like, well, I got this shot. And I was like, all right, we'll go on. Let's just do it. We're like, we'll just have this shot, whatever. And then we had the shot, and then we start chatting, and then somehow it transformed into a couple more Jameson shots. And then as the night proceeded, at some point I just blacked out. I blacked out at the end of the <laughs> night. I don't even remember getting back to my room. Well, that was where the parallel universes, yes. uh, you know, they my body diverged was, My a body bit. was trying to quarantine without me even knowing. It was taking me back to quarantine. I was like, I was in a whole other universe, and my body's like, we must go quarantine and sleep. Uh <laughs> And that, my conscious went to quarantine, yeah, and my unconscious body decided to stay there and it, keep drinking. It was so bad. I, I think I woke up at some point. It was like four in the morning, and I had passed out at the at the my desk in the kitchen because it was tilted at a weird angle. Like I had pushed it away from myself. Like, like I don't know. I don't know if I thought <laughs> that was on fire, and I decided to push the table away from me. It was at a weird canted angle, and then uh, I don't one. And then I looked down the table and I noticed I had a second key card. But when I checked in, I only had one key card. <laughs> so I don't know how I got the second key card. If I actually like made some excuse that I had to get one at the at the door de at the front desk, but I don't recall it at all. I just know somehow I had a second card uh, when I woke up or came to the next day. But uh, it was crazy, man. Um, it was great to just get that release and act like just everybody just feel like normal. Even though we're obviously we're being bad boys, we were all supposed to be quarantined in the room. But after the fact, we can laugh about it because no harm, no foul. We all tested. We've all tested. We're all negative all and everything, negative. whatever you know. And I get it. Um, they had to respect the protocols. But man, you put us all finally in touch with, with each other 
on the road for the first time in like over a year and then you put a really cool place across the street it was just so it was good, just man. it was just too much man so and good. and Everything about it, uh, just walking around, I, and, and, you know, as as a little sort of uneasy about as it was going down there, just being in a place that was just going to be wide open. There is something to be said about the fact of how fun and free it was just to walk through the streets and just feel like you didn't have to have something on your face. We walked into this bar and it was like nobody was wearing anything. And, and you know, I can see where now with some people I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to cringe. I get it, but we survived it and whatever. And I'm I'm here to whatever. We we all tested negative. Everything's good, but there was something about being it. You forgot. Maybe that's the the part where we finally, I guess, let ourselves go was because being in a a whole year of just it felt normal again. It felt normal it felt that you normal wanted. Again. We wanted to just surrender and get back to what it was. And now, let me say afterwards, as you said, like after it felt normal. As I was flying home, I was like, should I? stay away from my family when I get home. Yeah. Like maybe I have definitely got yeah. this stuff. I, as I, I, which in retrospect, maybe it wasn't, I, I don't know. It, 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 this conversation and, and topic is so complicated, but I will say it just felt good to be normal again. And, and, and I did worry a little bit afterwards, but as you said, we've tested negative since then. And, yeah. uh, it, it felt good. I will say, uh, a, uh, the, the MMA roadshow as a, as a unit, uh, is, is rusty as hell. As far as of actually being on the road, because a Ugh. I just didn't feel like we had like it man was that so used to be tiring. I've been exhausted this whole week. I'm it exhausted. Was let me tell you how sucked. let me tell you how thrown <laughs> off my game I was. I'm just gonna peel back the curtain a little bit. Uh, if you have oh, for this be, week. Oh, let me tell you about you this week. Can't even blame this week on the road. Oh no 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 no. Let me tell you about <laughs> what happened this week. Oh, you could share whatever stories you want about last week. I'm pulling it this week. This week. Uh, Media Day, if you happen to watch Media Day for UFC on ESPN 23, you might notice that, uh, where's first question guy? John Morgan's not there, not doing anything. Let me tell you what happened to me. Tuesday was actually my day off, okay? Uh, we got home late Sunday night, which that did kind of suck, by the way. You, you and I you both usually try to like to get out early on Sundays just so we can Ugh. get home, right? Unfortunately, we I couldn't get, about that we nightmare. Could, yeah, we couldn't get flights <laughs> early in the day, so we took afternoon flights. Which is like a blessing and a curse because you actually get to yeah. sleep a few hours after the flight or after the fights, after I should fight. say. But then by the time you get home, like that was technically your day off, and you're not even getting home till like midnight. Uh, it was brutal, man. It was brutal. But anyway, so Monday I had to work, and then Tuesday was my day off, and Tuesday I had to get caught up on real world stuff, right? Like I had so much stuff going on. You know, I've been gone for a week. Get your bills paid. Get your, you know, get some stuff done. Get work. All this stuff. But anyway, at some point in the day, I needed to go take a COVID test. And I was actually anxious to go take the COVID. Like in the back of my head, I wanted to take the COVID Maybe test. You talked about it because we had gone to Jacksonville, yeah. where where a, where clearly in Florida, COVID doesn't exist anymore, which is fantastic that they've something, beaten COVID. Something it's amazing. Went to the southern border, in the Mason Dixon line. It's incredible what they have done there. <laughs> Governor DeSantis and his team have eliminated COVID from the state. It's phenomenal. Uh, so I was a little bit worried I was going to have it when I got back, and I was like, you know what? I'd like to get that test. Anyway, I got busy doing stuff. I was working on my taxes. I was. I was uh, I was taking my kid to jujitsu. I was you know doing something. It was great, man. Totally forgot to go get my COVID test. So I wake up Wednesday morning, and literally the first thought that goes through my head, like you know those things like you, you, your eyes open, and you know first thing I do, I reach over, grab my phone, see what time it is, and then the first thing that goes through my mind is, I can't go to media day today because I didn't go test yesterday. I just completely spaced on testing. Uh, that's how thrown off my rhythm. I, I 
I, I'm I'm like 88 COVID tests deep into this thing right now, yeah. and I just completely forgot the COVID test. And uh, yeah, quite embarrassing. I, so I appreciate to you, cold coffee. I appreciate to to hot tea, uh, our, our man Oscar Willis over at the the World MMA Award nominated the Mac Life for picking <laughs> up my slack uh, because I was not there to assist in media day whatsoever. However, I did go yesterday and get my test done for weigh-ins, so I'm safe for weigh-ins. Uh, I did. I did you, test. Oh, oh that's because they they give. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so I have a, I have, I have, I have a red wristband that's in the car right now. I was like, do you? I certainly <laughs> don't see it. It's, right it's, now. it's, it's, it doesn't. It's a, it's a wristband, but it's not. It's, it's the lanyard. You, you know what it, it is? On the lanyard. What it is? Yeah, I, I didn't want to damage it on my wrist, so I figured <laughs> I'd just leave it in my car. Um, to in, like that way, if I'm driving, I, I, I don't That's know. That's true. Well, it's funny. Like I'm so used to now. They put us, these wristbands on us so often throughout oh. the week. I feel like everybody li- at 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 a stoplight thinks I just came from a party or came from a bar. <laughs> because who else wears these things? Yeah. Unless if you go into like a club. Just hit up the day club, bro. So every, every day I, I think, I think there, somebody's man. just judging me at a light because they see all these colorful bands and they're like, this motherfucker Sir, over here. it is 2.30 p.m. Sir, on Sir, where's your mask? Where's your mask? Get you, sir. But, uh... Oh man! Before I forget, my sister hit me up. Master built charcoal, and it's a charcoal uh, grill and gravity grill is the one. It's a digital. It's a Fancy. charcoal grill and smoke. Oh, it's so amazing! But it's charcoal. It's not a pellet one. It's a, it's a charcoal one. But it does a whole like uh, well, the whole gravity thing. It's it's. Bizarre, Just accomplish like the similar thing where it like regulates it. Yeah, and it has like and that does the dual thing as well with the dual probes and stuff. You can set the temperature on the inside, then still have a meat thermometer that goes inside the actual thing as well, and you can do dual zone crap, whatever, blah blah blah. And I went there and I was just like, my sister is doing so much better than me. <laughs> she has an awesome grill. Oh yeah, well she's got an awesome job and she's got an awesome house that looks like a log cabin fantasy vacation house. She's like, I, I literally we have a vacation house for our house and I'm thinking like everything is so fantastic. My little sister is the best. But then she's like, but every noise, every creak, every whatever, she's like, we realize how loud it is. And then my big ass spent uh, Christmas there and I was upstairs. I was like, yeah, y'all regret having a log cabin for a house now, don't you? Because you hear my ass snoring. <laughs> But whatever. Uh, but yeah, they have it, this grill is is fantastic. But um, we literally, sh- I should do a podcast on just grills and meats. But it would probably just be me, me drooling on my <laughs> mic all day, every day. Well, we hope you're enjoying the latest episode of the Barbecue COVID Self Pity Road Show. <laughs> then, now we're going to talk about Tennessee and where you should go when you're in Tennessee. Do you like dry rub? Do you like wet rub? <laughs> Well, everybody likes a good wet rub. Everybody likes a good wet rub. By the way, broadcaster voice on point there. I like it, man. Where where's that been I'm, all I'm, along? I'm saving that. I'm saving that for the, the barbecue podcast. <laughs> I've gotten this crappy version of cold coffee all along. I could have had broadcaster coffee, man. Like, where has this guy been at? They have 318 episodes just, in, and you're just not to – you could be the one carrying the show? We just we just had to find a topic that made sense. Oh, not this man. MMA stuff. MMA, you get, you get the weakened down version of me. <laughs> Damn, picked the wrong subject, man. I've been doing the wrong thing. Well, I guess, you know, listen, uh, to all of our supporters, patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. Of course, we did talk about uh, USC 261, wrapping it all up on the and a half over there. Uh, some amazing fights, obviously. But um, other than the fact that it just wore us down and, and uh, we're not used to life on the road anymore, man, any it any thoughts that stuck stuck with you over the card or the week or the <sighs> event, man? It, well, it, just on the road, like, just 
you know, so many, so much stuff had changed uh, in terms of like gear wise. Um, you know, it'd been so long. So like while we were here um, and everything, the and going to work at the Apex, I got a different carrying case. So it's like, okay, I could pack the, I could pack the, the new tripod, and I could put this, 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 and I'm like, okay, this is great. That doesn't translate well to oh, carrying it through a lot of places, going mm-hmm. through whatever. It's just little weird stuff that you forget that will pop up on the road because you have to be really sort of fluid on the road and you know things can pop up and change and you forget oh hey by the way this now we're going to be at a venue and you're going to be carrying this huge case into uh an arena and then upstairs up chairs trying to fit it in here and you know and just like the whole stress level of certain activities during the fight week you not that you forgot how stressful they could be, but it was just like being out of touch and yeah. having the ring rest, you if you the, will. That's what it is. You know, it was just, it was, it was frantic, and it was just. I'm glad that that one's under the belt. Like I feel good that now I can kind of remember what it feels like and and what to expect at the next sort of venue like that, because uh, you just, it's if you're not at like what, what I just say fight speed or whatever, if you're not up to speed and you're not ready, it's just like everything felt slow. Setting up was slower. Um, breaking down was slower. Granted, my gear has sort of changed the setup that I've adapted to when you're used to going to an environment and sitting down, which they have us do at all the other ones. So I have extra monitors. I have things that are built in uh, to my setup now that don't translate as easily or well that I need to adjust or decide whether I want to keep for whatever if you're going to go on the road because right. you got to stay light. you got to stay quick when you're moving on the road. Because I mean, obviously, that's always been our goal. Stay light, light stay quick. Stay you know light what and I mean? quick. I mean, people look at me and they think, that motherfucker looks so light and quick <laughs> on his feet, you know? <laughs> but <laughs> it's... Uh, Literally my sole focus every day. John, stay light. Stay, stay quick. quick. Tippy toes. Balls of your feet. Just keep moving. Stay light. <laughs> Stay light. You got this. You got this. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was great to be there. I mean, one thing I will say, like, after all the stress of being sitting sitting there and being in the arena, I wasn't even in the arena uh, when the full crowd was there, but there was something about once you got through the stress, once you got through the, the sweaty panic of setting all your gear up, make sure you're ready to go by the time that the show lights come up, um, was just the, the sound of the crowd, seeing people yeah. there, that once you got calmed down on – you were able to I was able to enjoy it and that's the one one of the biggest things that I kind of took away was that even amongst all that crazy stress that I felt there were moments there that um sort of just helped to spark um the not the interest that's not the right word just like everything like we we've been stuck in groundhog day for the past year get up go to the apex do an event get up go to the apex do an event get up go to the apex do an event now the fact of okay Get your gear, get to the airport, get to the place, get to the hotel, get to the media event, bring your stuff, go, go, you know, f- try to find a car, do this. Like the whole Uber thing was just crazy Ooh. and stressful as well. Um, but once you get through it and just being able to say, okay, and and, and find these moments that, that the, it was the crowd and it was the fan reaction mm. and just seeing the smiles, seeing the faces. Oh. Like I, I know the that the fights were nuts. good, but oh. it's like it the was, fan. It's, it was before. The, like, I wish you could have experienced that, like walking to my seat before the first fight even started. Because you're right, the crowd yeah. was electric, but those fights were amazing. Like, it yeah. it could have it been any the night. First, the right from been, the very first oh, fight. Oh, the first fight was Holy insane. Shit. The first fight was insane. Man, that set the, that set the yeah. mark for the that whole set night. The, that set the pace. But I'm telling you right now, just going to the seat right away, 
there were so many fans that were just like, John Morgan, John Morgan, blah, blah, blah. John Anik would walk in, John Anik, what's going on? Like, Anik even walked over and took a bunch of pictures. Buffer came in. Buffer went into the octagon, like, before this, because there were so many people cheering for him. He went into the octagon and, like, I thought you were going to say crowd. he was stretching, doing his twist. Oh, no, no. <laughs> he does those in the dressing uh, room. He, he does those. Yeah, those, <laughs> it is. If you've ever wanted to enjoy yourself just watching Buff get ready, like, I know you're, you're when fights are about to start, you're watching a whole lot of different things. Yeah. But watch Buff do his little stretching routine. Yeah. And it's amazing. Awesome. <laughs> but, no, you could tell people were – and I think the I think the crowd is going to be like that. You and I actually just got confirmation earlier today. We'll both be in Houston, Houston. for UFC 262. Um, obviously, uh, 264 is July, so we'll be here covering that. We don't know about June yet, um, which looks like it may be in Arizona. If it's in Arizona, I'm sure we'll be there as well. Um, but I think these crowds are going to be like that for a while because it's actually what you said. I felt it in Florida, man. It was like, damn, just to be in a building again with a crowd and with people, like, you could feel the energy. I think these crowds for the next couple of events are going to be off the charts because yeah. it's a different group of people, right? It's a different group of people in a different town, in a different city that have all been experiencing the same thing, and they're so hyped to have – I mean, I think on the one hand, you'd probably just say they're hyped to have anything because like they're everything's just happy gone. to be out. But it's your, yeah. but but to have your sport back, you know yeah. what I mean? To have your sport, yeah. which you know, look, I remember you know it, when I lived in Texas or when I lived in Ohio or whatever, you know, you know, you could always count on the USC rolling in like once a year. You know, what yeah. I mean, you, you start getting to that point where you're like. I don't know if the card's good enough this year. I don't know if I'm going to buy tickets this year. I've gone the last five years, but they're kind of expensive. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you're just like, it comes so often, you can make that decision. Then when it's been gone for a year or yeah. gone for how long, and you can finally get back to the energy in that building, it's it, it was like one of those things where, like, I know it sounds silly to say, like, the fighters feed off it. We, and we always talk about that, like, hey, once the cage door closes, it's just a cage. Dude, I think that crowd really did have something to do with why yep. that card was so good. And I think yep. we're going to see it for – the next couple of events. And I'll tell you what's going to be weird is this Saturday we're going to be back in the Apex. And no disrespect to the Apex, you know what I mean? The Apex has been the, the MVP of, of, of the pandemic to keep us all working, right? But it's going to be kind of like a <laughs> right? Well, it's certainly in the sense of that uh, we're not going to hit that loud burst of people. I mean, like I tell people, everybody's like, oh, my God, it was so – wasn't it just amazing being at that event? And I was joking. I said, well, you know, if you've seen one underbelly of an arena, you've seen <laughs> them all. From my perspective, you know, you don't see a lot of the stuff, so you're still watching the fights on the TV. But there's, there is something about when but you're you in a, in a venue. you can hear that rumble, though. You yeah, can we, hear you, you that. can hear it. What's different, what was cool about this when you came here, I mean, we've been in some arenas where – uh, they still have like the big metal flooring and the seats, and you can see the people when they stomp, and then the whole place just resonates like they're just stomping on bleachers. That takes me back to like watching high school football or something, and all the kids and everybody going crazy, losing their minds. I mean, yeah, there's nothing like it when the when the fans get going, but yeah, it's gonna be a little weird uh, going back to the apex. But I always joke, I'm like, well, you know, if you've watched a fight on TV, you've watched a fight. In every arena I've ever been in lately, <laughs> you know. So it's um, interesting. It's, it's an interesting dynamic being in the press room. Like I always say, like it, if you were gonna carve out your life and how to how to do this, and and you know you're an MMA journalist and how you enjoy it the most, I think it's being able to, to do both. Like spin some shows out there front, yeah. Because there's something to be said too. Like people always ask me which I like better. Because obviously, if you're not around, then I'll take over the camera duties when I'm rolling solo, and I'll be in the press room. There is something really cool to spend that moment with an athlete like after they just had that amazing moment in their career right that big moment and they come back and you're one of the first people they talk to and they're still you know they're still sweaty maybe even a little bloody and they're just high on endorphins and adrenaline and they're talking to you about you know this epic experience they just had there's something cool to be said for that but 
there's something really cool to be in the 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 you know sitting in front row and it's soaking in all that that atmosphere so you know if it wasn't for my time with um the ufc i probably maybe would be more jones and like i see some the media that comes in the back and they're like oh man i wish i could just go out there i wish i could just go out there but honestly i mean the years of being able to go wherever i wanted to octagon side to walk back with the fighters you know when we used to always film the walk backs from the the uh when they left the octagon. That's, and that's then, the immediate reaction. Yeah, the immediate reaction. Then we would take them into the medicals area, and then we're just shooting them right there, right, you know, either while they're getting checked out by the doctor, all of this stuff. If I didn't have, like, some years of that under my belt, I probably would be like, man, I really wish I could get out there. But luckily, I have that. So, like, I don't get as anxious about some, like, as some other media that when they're just like, I have to get out there, I have to get out yeah, there, yeah. you know. Um I think for some of the big ones, you know, that still come up, it is cool to just soak in the crowd every once in a while. But for me personally, it doesn't really matter sometimes of like the fight that's going on there. Just as long as the crowd, if the crowd is is into it and loud, that's all I like to just check. Every yeah. once in a while, I just like to tap back into that and feel that. Yeah. It could be fighter A and fighter B. If the crowd's loud, awesome. It could be Adesanya and Vittori coming up. If the crowd's just as loud, yeah. it's the same sort of feeling. It's such a huge part of it. You know, I was watching as we were as we were in the post fight press conference. Um, you know, they had like the 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 end of the pay per view on, and it, you know, DC and Rogan and Anik were sitting there wrapping everything up. And I thought DC nailed it when he was like, "Hey, you remember when we were in the same building and we did that? You know, a year ago, and we did it with no crowd, and we sat here and we were like, hey, that wasn't that bad.'" We were wrong, and and I thought yeah. DC, and it's so true, right? Like that's what we've li- that's what we've lived through for the past year. You yeah. know, we were like, you know, what? A, we didn't have any alternatives, so it was just like, oh, thank God we got something to do, man. Our sport's still going. You know, hey, it's protecting our job as fans. You know, we have something to to do that we still enjoy to take our mind away from all this garbage that we're having to deal with on a daily basis. Um, and then we started breaking it down. We're like, hey, you know what? I do kind of like the fact that you can hear the punches and kicks land a little bit better. I love the fact that I can hear the coaches. Um, and, man, it was crazy. Like, going from being able to hear both corners giving instructions to not being able to hear a single word of it because you're back in the crowd. I mean, there's such a huge difference. But it was funny how we were like, yeah, yeah, you know what? This isn't that bad. Maybe this sport's not that bad without fans. Nah bullshit you know what i mean like yeah. the, the fans add so much to it man so i'm excited i'm excited to, to to be in houston now we'll know i mean that's you know that's only a couple weeks away that we're gonna do that and then we'll see what happens with june and july um and i'm gonna be interested to see what happens with these fight nights because you know for now what we're hearing is they're gonna they're gonna stay in the apex but you know they're not announcing shows very far out right i mean they're they're announcing the apex like two weeks out <laughs> you know what i yeah. mean i think they're still I, I, I've heard behind the scenes there's discussions because right they're in kind of a unique perspective right now. Is for the, if you if you think about it as a business operator, they don't have to sell tickets at the apex. You know what I mean? There's no cost involved whatsoever. Yep. So from a profit perspective, it makes sense for them to do fight nights in the apex. However, you can tell when Dana talks about it, you can tell he believes it. And, man, when you experience what you experienced the other night, it's like, dude, even if it's a pain in the ass to sell tickets, even if it's a pain in the ass to go market this thing and to figure out what markets we can go to, being back in front of a crowd, man, it just it just adds to it. And and that's when people get hooked, right? I mean, how, how many people have, you know, like, oh, I like the sport, but then the first time they go to a live UFC event, they're like, oh, it's the greatest thing ever. Like, this is my favorite sport now, you know? So I'm going to be interested to see what they do. Uh, I, I got to think that the Apex's days – I don't want to say the Apex's days are numbered because there'll always be stuff there. Well, we know what's going on there right now. 
with the Ultimate Fighter. Oh, the Ultimate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, what? I was like, wait, what is going on? Yeah, right no, now? it was funny because yeah. when we had the media day, uh, we didn't really see anything on the stream think, or I whatever. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, uh, the champ came in in between just to sort of pop in and just say, hello, folks. You know, it was just like. Uh, well, in fact, you do have some audio of that, right? Did <laughs> no, you, no, no, no. We, did, we didn't get it. Oh, audio. you didn't we, catch we the didn't audio of it? Oh, no, you know, I was so I was so caught up in the moment. I right. forgot to hit record. Oh, it happens. It but, happens. Uh, yeah, Volkanovski was there. But it was funny because uh, we're sitting there waiting for – we weren't sure what uh, fighter because even though there's a, a supposed order of when the fighters are going to come, sometimes they switch around. So we would see the the limos of the SUVs pull up and drop somebody off. And at one point, you know, we saw Claudia Gedalia, and we're all just like, wait, she's not on this card. And we're like, who's that with her? And then we kind of forgot that they were doing some filming for the Ultimate Fighter stuff in there. So, And then the next thing we know, Volkanovski comes down, and we're just like, eh, what's up, champ? And he popped in there, you know, and just said hello. And I forget what he, he joked about something. Fudge, I can't remember, but it was it was funny. But uh, at the time, we were like, I'll just come up here and say, I was like, hey, you know, Give us a little, give us a little uh, inside bit of what's happening or whatever. So that's all going on there. You know, uh, I forgot that uh, the gym that they've fully finished out the gym inside the right. the, the the apex, basically like a which second is PI. bigger, it, which, it's, and it's, it's bigger than it's actually bigger, it's than, bigger than the, bigger PI, than the which PI. Is crazy. So that's where all the Ultimate Fighter guys are going. So all that testing or that taping is going on right now, currently at the at the apex. So you're right. I mean, it, it's crazy how that building it will always have some sort of purpose, but it's kind of interesting now, especially right now, that we are starting to travel. We're, all, we're starting to go out and do these things. But still currently back there, an event might pop up. But, oh, hey, by the way, there's this million-dollar show that's also taping in the yep. ven- in the venue as well, you know. And listen, we just uh, – I think – God, I, I'm going to feel bad because I don't remember who reported it. We had heard that it was in the works. Uh, but I saw somebody actually reported the other day that uh, Contender Series Asia is planning on a June start. And it'll be and it'll be there. And I'm interested to see what they do and, there. And ours here or theirs? It, it'll be at the no. It'll be. At the, I think it's supposed to be at the apex. Okay. Is what I, is, is what I heard. So um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that, right? Yeah. You know, if they if they tape it or kind of like what they did with the Brazil or one. They could do it live. Yeah, exactly. With Brazil, they tape it. They, or did that, they, they it could all do before. it live. They could do it in prime time, which is what they always said from the beginning. We can we can beam anywhere in the world. So yep. you know, maybe the fights would be at like, you know. Six in the morning or whatever, but they go prime time there. So prime time for their location. it's amazing. It's amazing. So you're right. The facility's not going to go dark by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I keep, I keep, I keep telling my, my my boys at CFFC. I'm like Rob, you know, we could do some events at the yeah. Apex. I like, I would love to just drive down the road and do a commentary I mean, gig. It's, it's unreal the facility. And and then and then he's already teased, but I mean, like, so people, if you haven't seen it, and I know we've talked a lot, and we've talked about um, how they still constantly expand, you know, Dana had talked about that whole hotel, that whole swath of land that's between the Apex and the UFC PI and the headquarters is a huge strip of land as big or bigger than what's being currently occupied by the Apex and by the PI, uh, the Apex and and the headquarters. So when they talk about trying to build that hotel and then build another gym facility or whatever, depending on what they build, I mean, then it opens up a whole other avenue of it's stuff that could bring in, you know, NFL. It could bring in the other sports and do it's other stuff, be an which opens campus. up other possibilities of different other shows. I mean, it's 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 just it's amazing the possibilities of what they can do, um, and it's kind of crazy because. Uh, while we get so caught up in this like bubble of you know just go to event 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 all this other little sort of side stuff that's going on and it's just it's fantastic i mean i mean there's just you got to feel good that they had the forethought to um 
just get these buildings that they did, you know. I mean, it's one thing that we were just like, okay, it's cool that they, you know, got these buildings and were able to kind of keep working and stuff. But man, as much grief as people do give them about some th- some some things that how they operate, you know, and of course they could, you know, treat fighters better, pay fighters better, whatever. But some of the ideas and stuff that what they did right, like purchasing those the the buildings, build the things that they've done, they put a lot of money back into it. And uh, but the possibilities that they're opening up, it's it's just fantastic. And I mean, they're hiring more and more local people from the community to mm-hmm. work in these establishments, do all this other other stuff. So, I mean, every company could be better. But man, I gotta I gotta give them credit, man, for some of the stuff that they're doing. It's it's uh, it's fantastic, man. It's very exciting um, stuff of what they're it's doing. Cool to see what where where it all goes and what direction. I feel like we're only seeing we've only seen a fraction of it. I mean, we've only seen it just a teeny bit, man. And um, they're setting up stuff that will outlast all the major players. Like, there will be a day when Dana's gone. And who knows when that's going to be. But some of the stuff that they're building is going to probably be even a bigger legacy for yeah. what the UFC is than anything that they've done. He's helped start a lot of stuff. But this stuff, if they if they build it out and they, they leave it how it looks like it's going, it's going to be fantastic. And this stuff's going to last for quite some time, man. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You, you kind of touch on it. And... You know, the UFC, you know, we were talking about before we started recording, you know, Endeavor today went public. They, they had their IPO. Um, yeah. It's not Be the UFC. Be careful rushing in there, folks. Yeah, look, <laughs> look, 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 the guy's got broadcast. Now we're going to switch to stocks off. <laughs> <laughs> Watch that rush, y'all. Let, it, let it come back down. He's got investment <laughs> advice. Where he, but, no, it, it's – um. It's interesting because you know it's it's not the UFC going public by themselves. It's the entire thing, which yeah. um, you know. So we'll see. I'm not a, a financial expert and a business uh, expert enough to to discuss how this will directly impact the UFC. We were actually talking about this in our Slack channel today. You know, it's like, hey, what do we write about this? And I'm like, I'm just gonna be honest with you. Like, if we can find anything that another Gannett property wrote about it, like, let's pick that up because yeah, like go to the Gannett I, money or something. yeah, because I don't know how to to say. I mean, I can. I can write what happened, but I can't provide you any. I don't know how this is going to impact uh, the UFC's operations, their funding, uh, anything. I, I'm I'm not well versed enough in in company structure like that to know. But what I the reason that that I say is because you mentioned the fact that you know eventually Dane is going to be gone, and I feel like since since the sale to to WME, you know people of uh, which which is now Endeavor, of course, people have talked about. Um, you know, when he's going to leave. And I've always yep. said, and even with him going public today, I say the same thing. Like, dude, I think, like, he ain't going anywhere for a while. Like, he, he loves this stuff, man. Like, I, I don't think he's looking for an exit strategy. I don't think I don't think Dana White can live life without being Dana White. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Lorenzo, well, Lorenzo can White. go sit on a super yacht. Lorenzo can sit on a super yacht out in the middle of the water and not care. I think Dana likes to be the center of the universe, of, of, of the USC universe. It's true. I mean, the, the, the public thing – you're right. I mean, it. It's. I think a lot of people, and we even talked about when we were talking about this earlier. By them going public, they do make have to make a lot of financial stuff public. But the fact that it is Endeavor going public, which the UFC happens to be part of it, is going to shield a lot of the numbers they're as well. They're going to still be able to tuck a lot they're of that still, stuff into roll-ups, right? They're going to be into a lot of stuff. So it's going to be hard to pick and choose what revenue and what uh, liabilities and what sort of debt is being attributed just to. Um, the UFC, they don't have to, as far as I know, when it, whenever they do in their SEC filings, they're not going to have to dive that far down. It's just what the parent corporation or endeavor in this case would be. So I'm sure there's going to be people coming through, uh, 
coming through it with a fine tooth comb trying to get the nitty gritty because they're going to they're gonna want to see how much income they're actually making, what the actual liabilities are, because everybody's going to try to look at oh, I'm sure fighter you, pay you, I'm and sure all the other stuff. If you dig deep enough, you'll be able to find some relevant numbers. Yeah. I mean, people are definitely going to find something. I mean, but... But it's not going to be open books. Yeah. Like, if, the UFC, if the UFC went public, if they peeled it off by itself, yeah. now the books are open. Yeah. Now the books are open. And the biggest thing that we, we talked about earlier, I mean, most companies don't go public if they can't. And there's something to be said about that. You know, when you do go public in this sort of case, you're looking for money. You're look. You're looking for a, a, a quick push of cash that's being available. So people need to realize that you know, are things as good as they can be? If a, if a company, this is the second attempt that they did try to do the IPO. They pulled back the first time. I want to say it was because of market, uh, just how the market was at the time, and then they right. had to make sure their all their ducks were in a row. So they were able to push it out this particular time. And they felt that the market was pushing in the right area. I think that that they could get the most bang for their buck because people had money, you know, especially with stimulus checks and other stuff. A lot of people have been putting that back into stock market and stuff. But when a company goes public like this, they're trying to get an influx of cash. Right. You know, and so you have to wonder how good are things if a private company that I think everybody listening to this would believe that Dana and, and UFC and Endeavor, if they could, would stay private forever. There's a reason why they're going public and why they chose to do it. Well, the the UFC is certainly the the star in their portfolio right now, Easily right? I mean, now. the UFC Easily. is the star in their portfolio. The UFC has been you know, a bright shining star during this pandemic because of what they've been able to do and continue to operate. So that's good for them. But you got to think all the other aspects of their business. I mean, literally every other thing they do has 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 been crushed. I mean, even yeah. even you look at like you know ESPN, which of course is owned by Disney, and how much revenue they lost from the parks being closed. Yeah. And that's what I mean. So everything that the UFC is a part of has been an all-star for that portfolio, yeah, for the ESPN portfolio, for the for the Endeavor portfolio. Because this is the same company that earlier this year, or last year, laid off a huge chunk of their staff. Huge chunk, huge because chunk their revenues their are way down. Yeah. And even it was interesting today, like I was watching a, a deal with, with Ari Emanuel, who was he was talking with you know one of these major news networks, and he, yeah. was, he was talking about like their plan. And, and we've heard it before, but you know, like their whole thing is that they're all encompassing, right? Like they own, like not only do they you know represent the people that create this content, but they own yeah. the content. That you know what I mean? It's like they own everything. But the problem is, and, and, and heck, I feel like we see it sometimes even within the the, the Gannett portfolios. Like, how do you get all the arms of the company to work together? Like, it sounds good. Like, hey, we have our hand in every aspect of this business. You know, not only do we uh, represent the talent that you're hiring to uh, produce the, the the content that we already own, that's going to be in the venue that we actually manage. That's gonna, it all sounds great, but the the hard problem is is getting it all to work together and actually like say, you know saving money that realizing the savings that you should realize and realizing the profits that you should so uh so yeah it's interesting i, I do think that a lot again admitting that i'm not a huge expert like i do feel like a lot of them going public is because of the fact that they do need a, a, an influx of cash and it's not an influx yeah. of cash to, to help expand it's basically just to cover the Keep debt that they've going. incurred right i i will say there is a uh a competing outlet that uh, I just quickly, when I did a search for Endeavor Stock IPO, <laughs> but done by a gentleman that I do respect, and his name is David Martin. Uh, and I will take his numbers for face value. I did not research it as my own. It's on, it's uh, on, is there another MMA out? There's this other outlet, but is there? And, and David there? happens to work for him. Uh, Part of that guy, but I, I, I don't know where he works, to be honest. <laughs> you know, well, he's, a, he's, a, he's an Ohio guy, so I, I try to yeah, keep up no, on no, him. No, no, I, I recognize a veteran of the industry. I just don't even know where he is these days. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen his content in so But long. he said that they raised uh, in this – 
they raised $511 million because of how it jumped up. It right. will drop back down. And actually, I showed you the stock things. Right? Right, at right. one point, it was at 28-something. I think it closed at 25. Be careful, folks, if you're going to get into that. There will be – this stock – and this will be the only thing I'll say. <laughs> the stock will get pushed up by people having interest, and it will jump up. But if you didn't weren't in and part of these groups that are able to get IPOs at the beginning – you're not at the lowest value. The the shit's going to get pushed up, but we'll let the numbers start to come out because this number will go back down. Buy at a bottom before it goes back up. Don't buy at the top before it dips. But that being said... Buy a pellet grill. Yeah, don't buy, buy Endeavor. <laughs> <laughs> Mastercraft. <laughs> uh, so they were able to raise $511 million. I mean, so think of it. So if a company that paid out $4 billion... Everybody always looks at that number, $4 billion. They paid $4 billion for the UFC, one one particular aspect of the business, and then today they decide to go public, and then the, the IPO jumps up to, you know, they're able to raise $511 million. And what you can do now is that when you look at Endeavor and you look at how many stocks are outstanding, and then you take that and you look at, at how many, uh, at the price of the stocks, and then you look at the other stocks, you can start doing the math of what the valuation of the company actually is. And when if you start looking at it and you're like, wait, I saw, didn't, did I see this, ten billion was the number floated out there? I think they uh, could 10 be billion could be. I, I didn't look to see what the how many stocks or whatever is out there. But so think about that. If say if the if it was just on the face value, if it was ten billion, just the UFC alone, forty percent of that they paid. Yeah, and it, and by all accounts, it's worth more than four billion now. It's right. worth. I mean, a lot of people are saying six to seven billion. Right, but if it's but then if that's the if that's and that's the case, and then if the parent company now is being valued at ten billion. It's not doing as great as everybody thinks. So that's why I say watch. If you're going to get the stock, watch what you're buying in at because when when the numbers start getting crunched and then the smarter people that are much smarter than me start looking at what it is and you see if the stock's overvalued, don't, don't, don't throw all your money just because you want to say you're a UFC stock owner. If you're going to buy it, do your research. Look at the numbers, but buy at the good point. Don't buy it at the top. Don't buy at the peak. Buy it buy at the valley. Um, but – it's crazy. I mean, it's good on them. If they're happy that they decided to finally do it, you know, good for them. But I, I just have a feeling that they're putting a happy face on it. But if they had their druthers, they would have not wanted to go public. They would have rather stayed private because then it's easy to keep keep business as is because this will shake things up when it comes to everything. Everything about how a company operates and and. and carries itself changes once all the information that was currently private is is shown so if there's a time for people that really you know if you are a contractor if you are whatever pay attention to the numbers that start coming out because you have a much more at that point you have more information going into the bargaining table knowing what's going on um than just being told this is all we can do this is all we can afford that's either true or not the numbers won't lie well said. Well, yeah. I'm telling you, man. The, the, the Buy that grill, Master Crab. I'm telling you, the, the <laughs> new podcast where I'm just the guest on it, I, I like it, man. It's it's strong. I, uh, we got work. possibilities here. We got possibilities. All right. Uh, all right, let's talk a little bit about UFC on ESPN 23. Uh, the media day, I, if you're just tuning in, I was not there. Were you, were you there? Were I was you not there? there. It's so weird. I, was I screwed up. It was on me. It was on me. <laughs> oh, maybe uh, that's what the champ said. He's like, hey, where's Morgan at? That's what it was. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really? Oh. <laughs> I was waiting. Nobody did. I was waiting for the first fighter to be like, oh, Morgan ain't going to show up, huh? 
<laughs> that's how it is, huh? That's how it is. All first, nobody first cares, question, huh? man, didn't show up, huh? That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, no, I was not there because I screwed up, but I was watching uh, the live stream, that, that uh, the beautiful 4K live stream that you're providing. Um, listen, not a lot of hype around this card, and, and I understand it. Dominic Reyes versus Yuri Prochaska, it's one of those fights where uh, guys aren't big talkers by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, uh, Yuri is kind of a weird dude, if we're oh just going to be 100% honest I with you. hated that interview. I, it, it, was such, it was such a fail. I tried it. For some reason, during the Dustin Jacoby, we just started getting caught up on, like, just – outfits and how you're going to look and getting in people's heads, blah, blah, blah. And then Jury comes to the end. And so then I'm like, oh, you know, he had this hair done up in this certain way. And I'm thinking like, oh, man, it looks just like Tong Po from, from Kickboxer. I'm like, oh, we could totally talk about this. It's going to be awesome. And I started doing it. And he's just like, huh? Can you repeat question? And, and inside, internally, I was like, oh. I hear the sirens from like when the submarine's starting to go down. <laughs> Abort. And it's like, Abort. oh, no. It's gonna, and then I was like, I just got to go all in. Let's just let's just keep pushing. And it, it failed miserably. And then I was just like, this sucks. I was like, but thank God it was the last interview. Because at that point, I don't know if I would have recovered for the next fight. Well, at, at least you don't have uh, people hitting you on social media now. Like, hey, aren't you going to ask that fighter if they'll take their shirt off? <laughs> <laughs> That's going to live forever. <laughs> <laughs> and if it ever drops, I will bring it back oh, up. Oh man, I'm gonna, which I don't mind. The, the good natured stuff, I, I don't mind. It's actually who brought really that up? Oh, Anik even threw you under the bus. Yeah, was that? It was at the talent media, and he's like, should, "Should I take my shirt off? Do I need to take my shirt off?" I was like, "That's my dude." <laughs> he did. He did. He did hit me kind of hard on that one. That if you guys didn't funny. see that, so everybody knows, we should probably just preface. Preface again. in case you don't know. So I, yeah, I'd mentioned it before because I don't know if, remember, if we mentioned it on this one or if we mentioned it on the and a half, but. uh yeah, when when Robert Whitaker came in after his win over Kelvin Gaslam, he came in the back of the room, and he he was walking to the podium, and I was like, "Cool, let's get this thing started." And then he's like, "Oh, I don't have my shirt." He's like, I, I, "Can you guys go get my shirt?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah." And then it's just like taking forever because like it wasn't right there, so it was like taking a while. And then he's like, "Ah." Da, da, da. So it was just this weird, uncomfortable pause, and everybody's waiting or whatever. But you can't see any of this on the stream. You're like right. you have no idea that any of this is going on. But I always, when Rob sits down, I always like to joke with Rob. The first thing I always do with Rob, and I, most fighters, I try to like give him a little something. But with yeah. him especially, I always try it's to have something breaker. because he hates doing media. So like the first thing I want to do is just like, hey man, set him at ease because I know he hates doing this stuff. And so I was just like, hey man, you didn't have to put your shirt on. We could have done it without that. But he didn't. He was like, "I'm sorry, what?" Because the audio was a little weird in there, <laughs> yeah. and and I was like, and I had to repeat it. But so I was like, "Double down." The same thing. I was like, "I'm gonna repeat it. I'm gonna go in on it. I'm gonna repeat." It. I was like, "Rob, you didn't. I mean, you didn't have to put your shirt on, man. We could have. We could have <laughs> done it without it, you know." And then yeah, and then it was so funny because you and Oscar both hit me up and were like, "Bro." Like that sounds terrible. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. It, it, but it I was, was like, should I cut that from the video? It after is funny. It? So many people have hit me up and just been like, dude. And, and like I said, the people that's good natured that have fun, like, it's fun. Like, it yeah. is funny. You know what I mean? But then I've had like people like direct message me on social media and stuff and be like, bro, what's up with that man? Like, you're, you're kind of weird. I'm like, dude, <laughs> shut up, man. So, so they're like, did you ask? Why did you ask Rob Whitaker to take, take his, shirt his shirt off for the interview? I'm like, that's not what I said. Yeah. So then fast forward to down in Jacksonville, we did the media day with Anik, and then Anik goes up on the, onto the stage to answer questions, and the first thing he said, he's like, so sh should I take my shirt off? Do I need to take my shirt off? And it was hilarious. But uh, it's so funny when you, you you brought that about Rob and how it was happening behind the camera. See, I never actually saw that happen. So I have to take for your word that he was struggling to get a shirt. 
when he came up to the stage, he had a shirt on. So, so the, even my know, podcast partner's just like, why did you ask him to take his shirt you know, off? That's I'm so like, weird, I, I guess I could, for after doing this for six years, I guess I could trust that the, the other part actually <laughs> happened and that you weren't just trying to get robbed to get So my point being, you're not naked. the only one to ask stupid <laughs> questions uh, at the meeting. But, uh, it was funny. I, as I was watching the stream, I felt for you, dog. I was like, oh, I was like, it I was, was like, this fucking is brutal. Stuff. I was like, it this was is tanking. Brutal. I was like, why at the end of the fucking day? And I was just like, yeah, because he was like the last one. Right? He was the last one, and I was just like, if I knew that he didn't, I felt like I felt like his grasp of English wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. And I was like, it's not, it's it's good, it's but good. He, but he misses details. Yeah, and then and I was like, if I in knew fairness, that, I, I don't know what never, Tom Poe is in Portuguese either. Yeah, so. I would have never fucking if I knew that that was gonna fail as miserably as it was. I was just like. This sucks. And I was like, well, fuck it. Let's just write it out. But I was like, I am not going to read any comments on the stream right now. I did tell myself, I was like, when you get back over to the stream, just shut it down and say thank Maybe you for the for rest watching. of your career, people are like, aren't you going to ask him about Tong Po? Let's talk Tong Po, <laughs> bruh. <laughs> I was going right. to ask him, are you going to wrap your hands in the glass and the, and the stuff like in the kickbox? Yeah, you? sure, sure. Or was that more a blood sport? That was blood sport. Blood sport. But I was like, if he didn't get Tong Po, he wouldn't have no idea about the other one. So I was like, whatever. And he's like, I just like it. You know, and I was like, all right, whatever. Enjoy your hair tie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he's a little bit of a unique character. Uh, meanwhile, you got Dominic Reyes, who, speaking of social media, um, I, man, I thought Dominic, to be honest with you, I thought Dominic is, I was a little bit worried because I, uh, for you guys, because, uh, yeah. again, I, I feel not like, oh, John's the greatest interview of all time, but yeah. I just feel bad that I didn't show up. You know what I mean? So I'm like, now I threw it over to you guys. After, it was all, after he got off the screen, he left the, the room. He, yeah. he actually came back in and was like, where's Morgan? No, he didn't. <laughs> but I felt bad that I wasn't there to help you out. Uh, but I was a little bit worried because sometimes Dominic can be a little bit dry in interviews. Yeah. I thought he was great, man. And I thought he, he really – Fantastic. And I thought he really talked about – And Dude, it sounds to me like he's in a good place. I, I, look, yeah. I am – It's funny because he's like, I know people and wrote he was me right, off. he was the very first person. Yeah. Like, I didn't know what we were going to get from him. It was uh, whatever time that was in the morning. I was like, oh, man, I hope this is good. But I thought he was – I thought he was very open. I thought he was very thoughtful. He answered all of our questions. I think we didn't we didn't ask anything like crazy to where it would be off putting. And he and Oscar even started by asking about the but, the losses. And well, that's stuff. what I was going to say. I and thought he was, he, he was very open. I it was thought great. he addressed it, per- and I think he's spot on because you know he's like, look, some people wrote me off after the last. One. Now yeah. I won't say that I wrote him off after the last, one, but I will say in my picks I picked Yuri Prochaska. Now, by the way. I was high on Prashaska before he came to the UFC. I love the fact yeah. – I, I love Prashaska's path because for, for people that don't know, because he's only had one fight in the UFC, the UFC had been trying to get him for a while. Like yeah. They saw the talent. They were like, dude, this dude is UFC capable. Let's bring him in. But A, he was getting really well paid on the, on the international scene. And he also – and you could hear it in his answers – you know, even when you ask Yuri about, like, hey, what if this gets you a title shot? And he's like, I don't care if this gets me a title shot. He's like, it's about yeah. the journey. It's about my development as a martial artist. This guy's 31 fights into his career. It's but crazy. on the regional stage, he was – or I, I shouldn't even say regional stage. When you're fighting at, like, you know, Ryzen, like, that's not regional. But he was yeah. saying, look, I want time to keep getting better and keep getting better. And so I think this dude is dangerous, and I think he's uh, – I think, you know, he took the path to get here. So I picked him, and, and I will say – I don't think I was writing Reyes off, but yeah, after the last performance, I was probably like, ah, you know, are are we are we giving too credit, you know, too much credit to the fact that well, he probably beat John Jones, but he didn't necessarily, you know what I mean? That's 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 what I was doing. Yeah, I, I realized I had to I had to gut check myself and said, are are you just buying into the hype of what was? 
Right. And, and what I mean, not, nothing against what he was capable, you know, what had happened and what sure. was capable. He's still super, super dangerous. But I was so high, I was so caught up on the hype of everything that was behind it. And he even said himself, he's like, maybe I even bought into it a little bit myself, you know. So part of him going in this dark place, you know, and he was just like, I just stayed away from it. I realized that to myself, you know, I realized what I did to myself and, you know, and he, he just righted the ship and I was like, man, I love everything that he's saying, you know. And And by the way, you did much better on that interview. Maybe because it was first instead of last. You did good. You were like, you were like, hey, you mentioned this dark place for anybody that hasn't watched it. Go check it out on YouTube, MMA Junkie. You said, because he he talked about going to a dark place Mm -hmm. and you picked up on that and you were like, hey, when you say dark place, like, are you talking about like just shying away from the camera's dark place? Are you talking about, like, internal dark place? And yeah. he was like – and he really elaborated. He was like, he was like a, little a little bit of both. Bit of both. Yeah. yeah. I thought that I thought it was a, a great answer. But that well, also, too, it takes a dance partner to have a good dance. You know, like, Jiri, Jiri was a little bit tougher because, one, the, I think the language barrier, he wasn't quite understanding. I think if he did, we probably could have had a lot more fun playing around about the hair bit. But Dominic came in completely open and willing for everything and – so that's why I think we all vibed with him so good because he was open and he was just honest about it. And I thought it was great. I remember after that conversation, I was like, man, I think we all kind of even looked at each other. and just like, that was a good interview. Oh, I thought it was great. That was a good interview. I mean, another one that, in case we don't touch it, if you haven't listened to it, I thought Cub Swanson was another one who was very honest and open. And this was one of the first times that I had been in a room with him since the whole – you know, media should fight, you know, instead of talk about us or whatever. So, of course, we asked him about that, and we just talked a little bit. And, and his point is always – his point is right, and it hasn't changed in the fact that a lot of times, you know, these fighters go out there and they open up their hearts and they, they tell us everything. But, you know, oftentimes the full story isn't shown and there's little bits that are taken out of context. And sometimes that's the part, depending on where the fighter's at, that some of that part that kind of triggers – these emotions, and so he he laid in some of the staff and then or the media, but he explained. But he's right. He he he, he nailed the explanation right. of it. Yeah, you know, and and if you haven't watched, like I said, it's worth checking out. And it, I'll be honest with you, it's something that I struggle with in this business, and that you know I know for a fact that I've left page views on the table um, that I'm sure yeah. my employer probably isn't happy about. You know what I mean? Where somebody said something, and I didn't grasp onto that. I grasped onto what, and he laid it out perfectly. He's like, look, man. You know, we're, we're, you know, you Leaving know what the experience is. Like. Exactly. You know. That's it. We're making these sacrifices. We're, sco- we're staying away from our families. We're, you know, he's talking about like he's, he's, he's basically ended up being a, a shitty dad and a shitty husband because you, dude, you have to be so selfish like during yeah. this time. And we're doing it. And weight cut sucks. And it's so, you know, the nerves are there. The, the, the fear is there. Like, there's all this stuff, right? And then, you know, and I, and I open up my heart and I, and I pour out my soul to you. And then at the end, you're like, uh, you know, one question. Hey, by the way, what did you think about what Conor McGregor just said? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's of course, the that's the I give you the answer. And that becomes the headline and that becomes the entire story. Yeah. And, dude, trust me, it happens at MMA Junkie. I ain't sure. trying to sit here and say that we don't do the same thing. We do. And it sucks, man. It, yeah. it, it honestly does suck. Um, and and I and I feel his pain, and I and I uh, I don't know, man. I I appreciate the plight of that, and it, but it, it's such a shitty situation for us to be in because look, man, we need those page views. Like we got bosses in a corporate office that pay our salary that want to see the page views, and if you're like, well, I I didn't want to print that because I was taking the moral high ground, you know, like it's bad. But what I the the happy medium that I always try to reach is like, look, if they said something newsy, like it's cool, like put it out, but put out the. Put out the story too. Put yeah. out, put out the premise of the inter- the yeah. premise of the interview was to help preview the show. You know, to preview the event, to preview the fight. Like, do that too. 
Don't yeah. just don't just grab the the clickbaity stuff, you know. Yeah. And I do. And by the way, I do hate the term clickbait, or as he calls it, bait click. Uh, yeah. He got it backwards. I do hate that. Um, Are you gonna fight him over that? Because one? there's no, no, absolutely so. not. Um, I do, I do hate because I think sometimes people like there's something there's something to writing a good headline. A good headline is not clickbait. Clickbait is when what you clicked on is not there. It's not, you know what I mean? Like it was a tease that you didn't actually deliver on that. A, a catchy headline, that's not click. Uh, that's not clickbait. That's just a good headline. Um, but I understand what he's saying. And, um, yeah, I thought I thought, he, I thought he laid it out there real good. And, uh, man, Cubs just such a good dude. It's, it's so good. He's such a nice dude. I, I thought, I you know, that and that was another one that was early on. That might even been like our second. Yeah, I think that was number two. That literally after that, I was like, everybody. We all felt like we were glowing, and I felt like he was happy as well. Like he got a chance to say a lot of stuff. And anytime somebody's willing to open up themselves like that and and bear themselves out there, if you can't be proud of them as a human being with their honesty and their openness, and and then to not be sort of moved by somebody. Uh, unafraid to, in a sense, um, share that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, just remember afterwards, I was like, I think everybody in the room was just like, God damn, Cub gives a good interview. I mean, there's just, there's just something about somebody that's so willing to share uh, so openly uh, the raw emotions and the feelings and stuff. But I thought it was a fantastic interview, and I was just like, I hope, I hope he feels good, and we we do right by him. But something that we've always said too, like you know, why we always, you know, with our YouTube channel, always try to put the full interviews out there. Mm-hmm. While sometimes at our site, we might have to make editorial decisions in a sense where we, we want to have a shorter cut because we're being told sort of, you know, put the shorter videos so that a video can get done, so that hopefully a second video rolls and it keeps the viewer there and they want to watch more. Whereas if it lives on YouTube, they maybe can click out and go see another one, but. We always try to put the full video, make sure that it lives somewhere, and a lot of times that that is for uh, for us as YouTube. So I always tell people, you know, look at the YouTube. If you want to see, make sure you're checking out the full interviews that these guys are are saying, because a lot of times in a story, we might take a three minute cut, but Cubs interview, I roughly off the top of my head, I can't remember if it was like fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, like, or something. It was like twenty twenty five. It was like twenty twenty five yeah. minutes or something like that. But there was just so many different gems in there that were just um, great that you could make multiple stories but I just remember after the fact even the UFC uh, the PR staff in the back uh, I went back to get like a, a glass of water and they grabbed me and they're like that was that was really good like Cub was good and I was like dude I thought so too you know sometimes you just You're get like, caught Cub up was after- alright I crushed it <laughs> <laughs> that I did not say but um, I just remember I just after that I mean it felt so good uh, because one being you know anytime Every fighter is, is is or any human being that you report on or do whatever, it's their right to be critical of what you do, and they could say whatever. But it was fun. I was glad that the first time we got back into his face afterwards, it was not contentious. It was not, man, you guys suck. You know, it wasn't whatever. It was like, hey, this is why I said this. I explained myself, and this is this. But hey, and we all had a good conversation and, afterwards. I mean, we doesn't that to- doesn't that just just walk right on the line of of what I always say is like, just don't say anything don't write anything right. don't do anything that you're not willing to, to stand across face. the table and say in their face you right. know what i mean like look you know what what i said was not with malice it, this was my thought process and here's why i said it that's it that's that's right. that's good that's yeah. good just live your life that way if you're in this industry or hell in any walk of life if i'm being anything, honest with you yeah i mean anything but if you guys haven't listened to cub i would definitely go and dominic and uh 
him were very, very good. And there were some other definitely gems that we won't harp on strong. all of them. Those, those two ones were good where it was just like so I felt good. We sat here and praised, and, and, and even though I wasn't there, you know, praised how great Dominic and Cub were. I picked Yuri and Giga. <laughs> you know, I picked uh, – oh, God, so did I. But I did I did joke on our Slack channel that after my uh Tong Po reference failed so bad that I was upset that he didn't know who that was that like, I wanted out. to change my pick. I'm out. I was like, change my pick. If he doesn't know who Tong Po is, I think done. I think it's a big fight at light heavyweight. Now look, if Dominic wins, I mean, he's had two title losses. Obviously the reigning champion is one of them. It wasn't a particularly competitive fight. Yeah. I don't think he's necessarily right there. I mean, he said, look, and he did it was so funny, man. I love the way he said, like, hey man. Don't forget, I'm still like number four right now. You know, what I mean, yeah. I think he's number three in the UFC ring. I think he's number yeah. four in ours because yeah. we have uh, Nimkov up there from from Bellator because we do obviously the whole world rankings. But I love the fact that he said, "Look, I'm right there." I don't think he's fighting for a title shot though, unfortunately, because of circumstances. But I'm telling you right now, I'm not saying that Prashaska will 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 necessarily get a title shot with a win here. But man, you know, he's like, "Hey, I'm I'm fine taking that slow ride." If he does something or devastating. If he does something devastating here, he, I don't think he's he's on that slow ride whether he wants to be or not. Yeah, he's going to have to work out a better story about why his hair is like that, though, instead of, I just like it. No, come up with something cool. Learn who Tong Po is, man. I love it. Just angry. Just bitter. <laughs> I love it. There's a cold coffee I know and love. That's the guy I was looking for. Get your Master Crab Grill. And- <laughs> Make sure you tape your hands and smear it in glass. Uh, Giga Chikatse, <laughs> by the way, um, that's a great fight too as well. I do. I look, Cub when he's executing can compete with anybody if he's if he's at 100. percent But Giga is uh, is 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 a quickly developing talent. So yeah, um, I'm I'm really anxious for that fight as well. I would not be upset if if Cub proves me completely wrong and he goes out there and pulls it. I would be so happy for him. Um, there was something like I mean, Giga was good, but like. You know, I think all these fighters have they have to be bold. You have to be confident. But there's sometimes when I think it was on so opposite ends of the spectrum. How not that they carry themselves. It was like I felt like Giga was still like he was like a little bit of a character. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, very bold, very up. You know, on his on his skill set and everything. And then after hearing like you know putting it against how we felt after we listened to the Cub, I was just like, man, kind of want Cub to win. But I didn't pick Cub. Listen, man, Cub's a favorite of ours forever. You know, for, I, the, people that don't. I, I, think, I do want him to win. I mean, he's super close with the with the MMA Junkie Radio guys. Now, yeah. If I remember right, the story goes back when they were still Tag Radio. Um, I think he, they they were on his shorts for a fight. Could be years ago. Yeah. Could so. be. Crazy man. He's uh, he's a good dude. I love the fact too. He's embracing how he wants to use the platform. If there's ever you know when it comes to some of these guys that uh, have a chance to use their platform, he had a rough he had a rough life coming up. He was in a lot of trouble and stuff. And uh, but he chooses to speak to uh, troubled youths and others. And I think every fighter that decides to do something, giving them themselves. We of course we always talk about Dustin Poirier and all these cats. There's a lot of guys that are doing. They might not have the big dollar value donations to this and that that they're doing but some are doing their little bits and cubs one of those ones so um it's just it's just good to support and give praise to those guys to do it because uh i mean it can't be said by everything i mean like there's a lot of guys in other walks of life making lots and lots of money 
that aren't as charitable as some of these guys do in sheer percentage of what they're giving of themselves. Yeah. So uh, all these guys should be commended uh, when they have this platform to do this, the things that they're doing. So by the way, I, I was I think we should probably address why there's Star Wars lasers because <laughs> I firing can't get my damn you know I, my my it's so my phone notification right now because I, I love Star Wars shit and somewhere recently I decided to download an app that allowed me to change my notifications to different sounds. So right now mine. I think it's a TIE Fighter uh, sounds when it that does, Yeah, laser. that does sound like a TIE Fighter. And I'm not even a, a big uh, you know, know, sci-fi guy. You. That does sound you. like a TIE but Fighter. But my phone is on vibrate, but for some reason, a lot of the apps, one of the recent Android updates, I know you hate Androids. I was going to say, if you want to, like, I, I, if you'll notice, I have an iPhone. It makes no, no noises, sounds no whatsoever. Folks, after the Mastercraft grill, get you an iPhone. It doesn't make noises <laughs> when you tell it not to. So, I mean, yeah, the shit's on vibrate, and it's still fucking making these noises, and it's driving me crazy, but... uh because it's not even like a pleasant noise. Like for us <laughs> nerds, we're like, hee 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 hee. That's Star Wars. But when you're trying to be quiet, and then the Star Wars laser sound comes out, it's it's not as cool. I mean, as I you should think. be thankful you don't have something like more on. embarrassing. I think it came on in the. I think during the media day, I think it there was a noise. It absolutely did. And I was like, fuck. It absolutely. I was did. like, it's literally on vibrate. So I was like, if I, so I've been slowly going back. Every time I see it make a noise, I'm like, okay, what notification do I need to fucking? So if disable? anybody knows how to make an Android actually be silent when it's on silent, they're, all they're going like to say is just turn off your phone before you start up that master grab grill. Make sure you turn your Android phone off. I'm, dude, this, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm retired. I'm turning this thing over to you, man. <laughs> You just you just tell me how this thing works moving forward. <laughs> Good uh, Lord. Listen, uh, uh, this this fight card, I know a lot of people aren't going to go crazy for it, but uh, I did. Marab Devashvili, I got a soft spot in my heart for that guy. Well, uh, that's going to be a good fight, and I love the fact, dude. Oh, Co- Cody Stanton with the with the uh, with the. The unintentional trash talk. I don't think he meant for it to be as trash talking as it sounds. So, so basically, what happens is, so they've been scheduled to fight before, um, and it fell apart. And Cody basically said, like, look. I had basically decided this thing had fallen apart twice. We're not going to do it again. Like, it's, it's just too much. I want to train for somebody else. I don't want to have this guy on my head. He's like, but then Marab came to Las Vegas and started training at Extreme Couture a little bit. And some of my training partners that went with them were like, bro, you should definitely fight this guy. <laughs> and I was like, and I'm watching this thing play out. I'm like, does Cody realize that you're basically just saying, like, your training partner's like, this dude ain't shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's exactly what it is. So, uh, and I don't think it registered with him. I think he was just like, so yeah, man, you know, basically they said I should go with him. That, I, that uh, you know, my wrestling's better than his. My strike is better than his. So I'll probably beat him. So, uh, you know, he, so, yeah. they taught me into it. So I was like, all right. I'm just prep for it. I, I wasn't going to do it. But if you guys who are going with him on a daily basis <laughs> are saying that I'm better than him, who we've also gone on a daily basis, well, I guess I should take that fight. I was like, wow. Yeah. I was, I was, that was, those were, those were, excuse me, good interviews as well. But man, that fight, man, uh, you, you, it's funny. I hate jinxing things. When you say like, when you look at the two combatants going into it, that fight should be a lot of fun. That should, should be, be a lot of fun. Great pace, great wrestling. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Cody was like, he said I, he really focused a lot of his interest. And this is a guy that had great wrestling, but he's like, I've done it so much my whole life that I just I don't like it. I don't like it anymore. Yeah, you know. So then he got back, and I was like, well, fuck. If if you, you but if you're wrestling, I want to ask him at the end. Uh, um, but I was like. We had already ran really long. That's got to be the kind of thing I would think as a fighter. If you know that you're so good at something that you know you don't have to keep hitting on it, hitting on it, but if you realize the importance of it going into a particular fight, and then if that is the final piece that helps you win that fight, 
that's got to help kickstart that love again, I would think. It's such a balance, right, because we see it. And, and I totally understand where he's coming from because we've seen it happen time and time again where people just – Every wrestler just, wants to be a striker. <laughs> that's it, man. You know what I'm saying? You're like, oh, it, it, first of all, it feels great to knock somebody out. So you're like, oh, this is awesome. I want to do this more often. Like, this makes the crowd cheer. But, you know, it's just you do something new and, like, you want to show off these new skills. Like, oh, I learned this new technique. I learned this new thing. I learned this new style, this new way of fighting. This, You know, now I do this kind of guard instead of the other guy. You know, And it's cool, but it's like – Bro, don't forget what got you to the dance. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's what made you who you are. Like, I'm not saying you shouldn't continue to uh, better yourself and, and and continue to fill out your skill set, but that doesn't mean that becomes your primary skill set. Yeah. Like, hang on to that primary skill set and just season in the other stuff. You know? So uh, I like it. You season. I was just I just pulled that master built gravity grill site back up, and then you're talking about seasoning. <laughs> I literally have barbecue on the fucking brain right now. Uh, I, I, I can feel I'm about to I'm about to lose cold coffee to a barbecue. So <laughs> let's just do Doesn't this. Does this dude look like Paul Felder too? Am I just combining the worlds in my head, or does that not look like Paul Felder? I mean, in a couple of years, that's going to be Paul Felder. That, that dude's a <laughs> oh, little more. He's not as ginger enough. He's a little more. He's a little more weathered at, at this point. He looks. Well, he's to a me. handsome, rugged man with his flannel shirt. And that guy in the ad is too. <laughs> <laughs> Does Paul like? I don't think I've ever seen Paul wear a flannel shirt. I don't think he has, but maybe if you ask him nicely, you're such a handsome, rugged man. Handsome, rugged man. Uh, all right, listen. I did want to mention one more thing, and and, and uh, I, I I didn't necessarily want to bring it up, but man, we sat down and watched this video right before we jumped on on, oh, on here. God. So Diego Sanchez is out of next week's fight with with Donald Cerrone, and uh, can't confirm this report, but there's a lot of rumblings behind the scene that he's been released from his USC contract. Um, I don't know if that's the case. I've been trying to get it confirmed. I can't get it confirmed. Um, but it sounds like if it's not the case, that it might be the case or it may soon be the case. Uh, he's definitely out of the fight. We know that for a fact. Um, and, you know, we saw this post that he made on Instagram last week, and I actually made it a point to put it in the story because uh, Mike Bond was actually the one that wrote up the story. But I'm like, look, this this Deem's mentioning where – uh, it was a, a post that was on Diego's Instagram, but it was Joshua Fabia uh, complaining about the UFC and the treatment, how they were left behind in an airport, um, and how the UFC completely forgot about them as they made their way back from Fight Island. And I'll say this, I'm not going to say it's impossible, but damn, there's a lot of people at the UFC that work really hard to make sure that that's not going to happen. I mean, say what you will about the company as a whole and what you think about the UFC's business practices and about how they handle stuff. But, man, when you think about, you know, the guys and gals that, that they call the blue shirts, you know what I mean? The, 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 the blue shirts because, you know, when the UFC kind of switched to the, the uniform standard, that was just the shirts they got. They got the blue ones. Uh, and that's kind of become their team. But they're the operation staff behind the scenes. I'm not going to say they couldn't have made a mistake and left him at the airport, but, like, they work really damn hard at putting the athletes first and taking care of the athletes. And, um, you know, I, I I won't necessarily mention them by name, but you and I know obviously a lot of that crew. And, uh, man, they are passionate about making sure that uh, the fighters are taken care of. You know, so like I said, say what you will about the UFC as a billion-dollar company. But as I've always told people, be careful when you start making assumptions about yeah. the billion-dollar company and you forget about the faces and the people that are – on the ground that are the ones yep. that are actually at the front lines and like is it possible that they got forgot about it's possible but dude i mean i think about those guys and gals man they're they got checklists they're checking in they're tag they're you know what i mean like it's crazy I just, it's madness 
I'm I'm telling you, I have, I have the most respect for them. And I have the respect for a lot of the people there. Being one, um, a former employer, I, I'm telling you, I the amount of hours that my peers would put in for the amount of pay that they get, it's not like people that are working there are rich or getting rich or whatever, and especially if you break it down to the amount of hours. So a lot of people on the ground, they're working their tails off, and at times people get tired. Mistakes can happen. Yes. But to ever think that, any particular mistake is done out of uh, malice or trying to do something would be uh, would be a discredit to most of, of any of the people that I've ever worked with or any of the people that I've worked with. These guys are working their tail off. And I'm not just trying to say that to Butter because we, you know, um, need to... You but know, it's trying like, to keep the UFC happy or whatever. Like these are friends of mine. These are coworkers that I've I've seen them work and through blood, sweat, and tears. And I mean, that's it. It's they work like their this. tails off. I screwed up, and I I screwed up this week. I made a huge mistake, right? I missed yeah. a COVID test. I didn't get to go to yeah. the media day. You don't now, blame it on somebody yeah, else. Had 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 you been like. Morgan's like he dicked me over on purpose or whatever, or yeah. like had any of the fighters. I mean, that would be weird for the fight, but you know what I mean. Like for anybody to go, Trevor Volkanovski, which I mean, like, where's like, John? Well, it's cool that you had that audio. What, <laughs> how did it go again? Where's John? Yeah, that's so awesome. You know what I mean? That, that, that'll stick with me forever, man. Thanks, yeah. Volk. That means a lot. But yeah, that's it. Is it possible that somebody made a mistake? Yes. If yeah. it did, I don't think so because I've seen how detail oriented they are. I've yeah. seen how much they do. However, if it was made, would it have ever been because somebody was like? Man, f those guys. I yeah. don't like them. They can find their own way. Sometimes Absolutely on the ground too, not. they use third party people. Sometimes True. they use these different these companies where it's not the normal operations people that would do stuff. So I mean, I mean, and we say this because there's been times even when I would land, you just look for the signs. You never know who it's going to be. But sometimes it wasn't a familiar face. Right. You saw the sign and then you went. You walked to the sign. Nobody's going to sugarcoat it and go looking for it. if they don't recognize you. If you don't recognize them or whatever. But it just happens. I mean, like airports and any other thing on fight week, shit's just crazy. Shit's just madness. You have to have a little bit of uh, patience, and nothing's going to go perfect. But I will tell you, putting them up against most, if not every other organization out there doing this, they are hands down just steps above everybody else. It's it's a, it's a different ball game, And you can ask the people that are doing it and the people that have done it and then went to other organizations. They'll admit it. Nobody does it as good as they do it. They, they might not admit it in public, but behind the scenes they'll be like, oof. It's, it's unreal. Oof. It's, it's if, if you think they're doing a bad job, you've obviously never worked with some of the other organizations or fought for the and other organizations. that's no disrespect to the other organizations. No, because they're it's doing as the best UFC's as they can. on an insane it's a, level. It's a different level. I mean, and, and, and part of that reason is because of the effort that these guys are saying. And I'm not trying to blow hot air up their ass. I just know how hard these guys work, and they do it in extremely stressful situations, balancing so many different fighters. And it's not even just the fighters, it's the fighters, it's their corners, it's their crew, it's the staffers, you know, it's the talent that comes in. It's just the sheer number of stuff that these guys have to do. It's a lot of, it's a it's a crazily juggling act that there's always going to be mistakes. Mistakes happen, you know, but don't harp the people and don't think that it's just something personal and don't think that it's just, that's the motive of the UFC trying to get a point out because it's certainly not going to be done by the operations staff. Hell no, they're just trying to do their job. They're just trying to do they're their job. They're not making decisions like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so that so I I I saw that video and I was like, ah, maybe we should say something because that's th the thoughts that we just shared are the or the thoughts that I had. And I was like, you know what? I should share that. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm not going to because a I have a lot of respect for Diego and I don't know what's going on right now. And b 
you know, we've had this history with, with Fabia, and it's not like it's been anything personal or whatever. But I know he takes everything personal as he we're takes attacking everything him. so personal. But then this video comes up today. I know today. he's going to listen to this, and he's going to take this personal. Well, that's what I'm saying. This video <laughs> comes up today. They got posted from the fighter meeting in Abu Dhabi, which is posted on Diego's account and is apparently supposed to be some kind of defense of how they were mistreated. And I watch it, and all I can see is, is Fabia, who says it's not about me, it's not about me, it's about people disrespecting Diego, making everything about him. Yeah. And i got to be honest with you, man. I forgot if he was even US, talking about Diego because it sounded like, listen to what they're saying about me. It's so frustrating. And I've held back on this thing because I want to be as professional as possible, and I have all the respect in the world for Diego Sanchez. I've, I've shared to you, uh, you know, personal uh, stories that I've had with Diego Sanchez, and of course just as a fighter himself, I have so much respect for him as an athlete and as a human being. And I've tried not to go in on Joshua Fabia because I know this is somebody that's important to Diego, and I don't necessarily need to understand the relationship or the bond or the friendship between them um, to get why it's important to Diego. If it's important to Diego, that's all that matters. But if this is the way the career is going to end, I, I just it's difficult for me to stand by and just say, oh, well, so what? Diego, the beloved UFC 1 competitor who – Dana White and everybody at the UFC has always gone out of their way to talk about how much love and respect and admiration they have for him. For this to be the way it ends, and again, I'll, I'll, I'll say again, we have not been able to confirm this is what's happening, but the writing is on the wall and the rumblings are behind the scenes. If this is the way it ends, and if this is how the future is going to be where – Diego is at odds with the UFC and with everybody else. I just, I'm sorry. I just, I don't know how much good can be going on in, in his life. And I don't know what, and I've always said, if Fabia brings some kind of spiritual happiness to Diego, then then he should be able to enjoy that relationship. But man, it's screwing up his career and it's screwing up his legacy and it's screwing up, I think, what doors are going to be open to him in the future. And I think it's, if if I'm just being honest, it's a fucking shame to watch. It just it just it was just sad. You watch that video and and Diego's silent the whole time. It's one thing if he's like, please come in here and be my spokesperson and talk and say the stuff that I'm not going to be able to verbally say as well as maybe you're going to be able to do. But it didn't sound like it was somebody there defending Diego. It sounded like it was somebody that was defending the actions that he felt were taken against him. He was mad that fans were perceiving him a certain way. And it was almost that he was blaming the commentary for the actions that were getting pushed upon him. Um, and I just felt bad. And, and it just, you know, if it if it has anything to do, I mean, one, it's not going to leave a good impression. I mean, that was a, a, a chance for Diego to talk with those guys, you know, say different things and do whatever. And it, it turned into a different person that was not Diego taking that whole time to explain why he was upset. And I would hate to think that he talked him out of a job. And talk. Exactly right. Talking down to people too, man. I mean, just the way you handle situations, man. It just you're uh, insulting. This is not a lecture, people. but let me lecture you guys. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what, man? Kudos to everybody that was in that room, and and the videos out there. Stephen Bonner obviously filmed it, and it's on Diego Sanchez's Instagram. I will say this: kudos to everybody that was in that room, and if you watch the video, you'll recognize every single one of them that haven't said a word about that because they could have buried him. It's and yeah. it's weird to me that Diego, that he would, or at least out. somebody on Diego's account, is putting it out as some kind of defense. Yeah. To me, it looks terrible. Yeah. It looks awful, and 
I, I mean, just, Diego carried himself fine in that. I mean, Diego, Diego, did, yep. Diego has nothing to apologize for that video. There's nothing in there that showed Diego doing anything wrong. And I get what Joshua was trying to do or whatever, but it just it came off completely wrong, and it just came off as something that he wasn't. He said he wasn't doing. Yeah. Like he was made it seem like he was there to defend Diego, but everything that I heard in the time that I listened sounded like he was upset at actions that were bringing slander, as he called it, against himself. I think that's what it is. It's, it's about know. the ill repute it's bringing on him. Yeah, it's not about him, but it is about him. I just and and, and he ruined that oh. moment for Diego. That I mean, and he, I'd hate to think that that was the. The thing that pissed off the, the 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 powers that be that were just like, is this worth dealing with it? You know, this was a moment for us to talk with Diego, and if Diego, if this is how he, you know, chooses to do whatever, is it worth keeping or whatever? And it just sucks. Cause I love Diego. I mean, Diego has he has nothing to be uh, ashamed about in his career. He has nothing, whatever. He's I mean, a legend. He's a he true carries legend. he carries himself as good as anybody can, and he's always carried himself wonderfully. And even in that moment right there, he could have been upset. He could have been, you know, firing off and saying, yeah, man, this, this, this. But he sat there and was quiet, polite, walks over, shakes their hands afterwards. He be- he was behaving like a gentleman. He was up, obviously either was upset about something, but it didn't seem like it because it felt like the other guy that was with him uh, – was more upset about stuff. And I believe that Fabio's interests are, are – I believe I believe he wants the best for, for Diego. I believe he's trying to look out for Diego. But the way he's handling it is wrong. Yeah. And I always say – We should talk about Diego if you're worried about what's happening with Diego. That's it. And, I, 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 you know, I don't know. I always say don't say anything you wouldn't say to somebody's face. I would say it to, to his face. Now, it would be a, a ridiculous conversation, of course. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to make this personal. It's just I hate to see – I think this is what we feared all along. This is what we feared all along, that it was going to end up having a horribly negative impact on his career in the cage and out of the cage. And I feel like that's exactly what we're watching happening. And I just can't be silent about it. If man. Malky or anybody was with their fighter and went in the room and went on a, a tirade about how I'm upset about this, 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 it would not look good on their fighter. Agreed. It's not, it's, this is not, this is not, it's not a, a Joshua personal, and this is not right. a Diego thing. If any manager slash coach, and I assume he's kind of manager in this role as well, if you're in there representing the fighter and this is how you carry yourself, depending, no matter who your fighter is, if, if, who, who manages Kamaru now? Uh, uh, Ali does. Ali. Yeah. So if, if Ali went in there and was like, guys, this, 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 that's not going to look good on tomorrow. Correct. And so if you take yourself of who whoever's in the room, just take the names particularly off and just say manager yells at staff upset about how crowd perceives him and his influence on his fighter um, and upset about the slander he feels. It doesn't matter who's in the room. People are going to get upset about because yeah. that's not the point of – that's not the place. I mean there's better ways for you to air your grievances instead of bring uh, – a bad light on your fighter who's standing right there. I mean, at one point, I mean, I just, I felt bad because I was like, please, somebody just take Diego out of this because, you know, that just anger was getting lumped on his shoulders as well. And he might have been upset about some. If somebody was yelling and, and, and did happen to say something about my best friend, it's hard to not take that personal. Right. But in a meeting where something's dealing with me, I don't, I don't say, hey, friend, that, you know, was slighted or, or whatever, come in and yell at these people. You know, like, I just wouldn't do it. And especially if it's a, if I knew I was near the end of my career, um, I certainly wouldn't try to piss people off. 
But I guess if you know it's also near the end, when else are you going to change it? But there could have been a better way to do it. I agree. And I think more th- tact. I agree. I think that's incredibly well said. And I think the best point you made, uh, I mean, it was all good points, but I think the best point you made was the fact that, like, look, take the identity out. Yeah. It's not about him. It's about those actions. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's not, I think that's a great point. It's not picking on him. Yeah. It's picking on what you did right there. That right. was inappropriate and it was, it's unnecessary. And it now seems to be costing the person. Now, I don't know if that's it, but it's, yeah. it's this pattern of behavior. Even, even if it didn't, I mean, I certainly, if I would think if anybody was like accosted by a fighter and their manager, how could you not have some ill will? I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that the the massive amount of credit that Diego's built as a person and as a human being, you're going to overlook and you're going to give a, a like, all right, you're good. You got some leeway. You got some leeway. But you used up a lot of that with putting people through. Uh, if I was in that room, that would have used up a lot of that good credit just because, by association, you know. Um, it's just tough. It's just tough because I love Diego and I would love to see Diego still be able to do as as much as he can um, as long as he's able to fight well and, and he performs well. He always comes in, in shape. He always gives 100%. I would never say that he, he wouldn't. Um, but at some point, you know, Fighters will leave this sport. You just want them to leave on a good, happy, high note. You don't want the la- one of the last things you see is an argument that his manager has where half the argument just feels that it was about not the fighter but more about how that manager was upset. I would hate I would hate that that was uh, – if that happened even factor in. Um, not that you want something else, but who knows? Like you said, it's not finalized. It's, we haven't heard any – Word, we just know he's out of the fight. Just know that he's out of the fight. And, and if we're not seeing an injury report, it just makes you wonder. just makes you wonder. Sucks, man. Uh, listen, should say, by the way, because it didn't, if you like the conversation you're hearing, we certainly appreciate it if you head on over to patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. Sign up to help support us over there. That'll give you exclusive access to the and a half episodes. Plus, it just helps us out quite a bit. You know, we got some costs going along here, and uh, we'd appreciate it. Most like these frosty award-winning pass blue ribbons they don't come cheap. red white and blue from america that ain't right you could be like jose w who jumped in to help us jose! out jonathan what johnson that? coming in strong jonathan. as well pat delude up there in canada he's smart went he, the annual route he went the annual route save that save that money he's smart and then just because he's, he comes in at a strong level craig glover gets another one <laughs> Ooh, mr craig. glover mr glover glover <laughs> i don't know that's that- just good was that mm. was that that like that uh, reggae guy that yeah. was the, <laughs> Mr. Lover, Lover. <laughs> Mr. Glover, Mr. Glover, mm, so salty and sweet, made me think <laughs> something like that. It's and thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is your podcast now, so close <laughs> us out. Let's go back to Mastercraft or Masterbuilt. <laughs> and thanks for listening. <laughs> That's how we're gonna end it. <laughs> okay. <laughs>